0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where right now, using code DNVR, is going to allow you to take a $5 bet and turn it into $150 in free bets all throughout the NBA playoffs. If the team you pick wins, it's that simple. Code DNVR is going to get you $150 in free bets if you can pick any winner in the NBA postseason. Now on DraftKings Sportsbook, I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's DNBR Rockies podcast, we're going to talk a lot about the 13-9 Colorado Rockies with our good friend Drew Goodman, the voice of the Colorado Rockies for at t Sportsnet and the voice of the Drew Goodman podcast. What's going on today, Drew?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm actually, as you know, Patrick, I'm in St. Louis and I went to see kind of crazy deal. So I was taking last weekend off. I'll give you the clip notes version of this to go see uh, my middle son play at webster university and it looked like their games were going to get rained out over the weekend and they were going to play a monday tuesday that series so i changed my um, schedule and jenny's filling in for me tuesday wednesday and i flew here and guess what the weather held out over the weekend they played friday saturday and um so i'm just hanging out with my son but one of the things we did today is we went because it's an off day, so why not go to another major league baseball game, right? He and he and a couple of teammates were going down to the Cardinal uh, Royals makeup game, and so I met them there. And it was a fast game. Got to see maybe the future Hall of Famer again, Zach Granke. Goldschmidt hits a home run. Michael Taylor made an unbelievable catch out in center field. Um, saw Nolan. Saw Bobby Witt Jr. And um, so I already got a little little uh, baseball game in here on my uh, on my off day. And I and I said on Twitter. Patrick, that I was doing Intel because the Royals, as you well know, because you have that schedule memorized, they're coming to town. You just informed me. I knew they were playing the Rockies soon, but you told me it's like a week and a half away.
0: That's it. Yeah, you're doing Intel. And according to my count, the last two off days, you've gone to the ballpark. You there the Wait, day when before. I do
1: my last off day?
0: Miguel Cabrera. You were there for the. the- oh, that's right. That's the our- Yankees, the game four, the last one against the Yankees. Right. Aaron Boone holds up his four fingers and Drew Goodman
1: goes, I'm, I'm right. out of here.
0: That's right. This time well, I think you probably stayed around for all nine. So there you
1: go. I, I stuck around because I, I I did not partake though, Patrick. Contrary to po- uh popular opinion and being a New Yorker, as you know, who rooted for the Mets, not the Yankees, I did not partake in the Yankee suck chant uh after that. I was not party to that. You but you know sure. my schedule better than I do. That's right. My last two off days, I, I caught another big league game and i'm thinking
0: on may 19th maybe even may 20th you'll be out at spring valley golf course for a dnvr spring shootout i, I we might have to get you out there for that bad boy so the next off day will actually be in colorado here coming up so you won't be able to go to a major league game but you'll you'll find some kind of baseball game to go to i know you
1: yeah or this golf tournament i'm just hearing about that's right I've heard
0: good things i've heard good yeah. things over there dnvr yeah. golf I like what they're doing over there. And I like what the Colorado Rockies are doing. You know, you can never predict or guarantee a three-game sweep against anybody. And you go, all right, two out of three is reasonable to expect that against the Cincinnati Reds. But, hey, Colorado did the thing that you know good ball clubs are able to do is win the games that they should. They went all three against what is right now a historically bad Cincinnati Reds team. But hats off to the Rockies because they did get the job done doing that.
1: They're a major league team. I'm sure there's people in Southern Ohio that would debate me on that. Uh, It's a, it's a, it's a major league team and it is really hard. It's not football. I always say this, Patrick, uh, and you know this as well as anyone, it's not Alabama playing Samford, not Stanford, like Samford, S-A-M-F-O-R-D. With all due respect to Samford, they're not going to be able to compete uh, with Alabama and Alabama is going to win every single time. This is still big leagues. It's baseball uh, the margin between winning and losing is is very slim. So the fact that they quote unquote took care of business and won all three against a team that is really struggling, good for them. And and that's what you have to do because at the end of the year, Patrick, they're they're going to add them up. And if you come out with 88 wins, you're going to be a playoff team. And I just picked 88 out of the out of the thin air. They're not going to scrutinize. Okay, well, let's break down the schedule in May. Who'd you beat in May? doesn't matter. That counted as a win, just like the first two against the Dodgers in that opening weekend. They, they count the same. They feel better, I know, when you beat the Dodgers from a fan's perspective. But at the end of the year, those three that they won against the struggling Reds team, really important. And, and the schedule is favorable going forward. And Hopefully the Rockies can continue to take care of business, if you will.
0: Yeah, it's it's been the MO that I, I've been trying to go with all season long is they just got to be good enough until the end of June, early July, because I, I really believe with the amount of money that's been invested in this this team right now, Bill Schmidt will go out there and will try to make some moves and improve any of those weak spots. So, so far, it's, it's really going to plan right now as they have the sixth best record in the National League. And as we know, with expanded postseason, number six gets you in so uh they're they're on course right now in an nl west in which everybody has 10 wins it's been a very good division overall
1: yeah because arizona patrick uh has come on and they've played better we know how good the dodgers are the giants you know got off to a really good start i know they didn't have a great weekend yeah they it's a good division man it's a good division at it, least as it's playing out right now it's a tough division the rockies On their next row, Triple C, Arizona, and San Francisco. And in between, you have a Washington team that hasn't been great so far. Um, I, I looked at those nine games in a row, Patrick, and I know you've discussed this, where you had Cincinnati, Washington, Arizona. And if somebody told you, the Rockies went seven and two were to go seven and two over those nine. You'd take that in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? That'd be great. Yeah. I say six and
0: three, you hope for, but seven and two is, is a little bit above average for sure. Yeah.
1: And, 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 so they're three, and oh, which helps. And now hopefully they can, you know, if you, if you win two out of three against the next two, there you go. You got, you got seven wins out of nine. Uh, Cause it's not Alabama playing Samford. Those, those, those guys practice too. And they have major league talent.
0: Yeah, yeah one, anyone can win one game. We, we know how that goes uh, in, in a major way. And so, you know, Arizona, I told Jenny this on, on the field, and I, I don't know if she's used it or maybe she's saving it, but now, now i got to use it first. I, I was looking at the upcoming pitching matchups in Arizona. The Diamondbacks will be – Diamondbacks, I think, are a, almost a poor man's Colorado Rockies because they've got a deceptively good starting rotation. Uh, when when they're on the ball and, you know, the offense is, is just needs to hang in there. And so that's been working out for them. But Arizona has Zach Davies and Zach Gallen going, which means, Mr. Drew Goodman, in the span of, I believe, about 10 days, the Rockies will have faced three different pitchers named Zach, all of which spell their first name differently. Zach Wheeler with a K, Zach Davies with an H, and Zach Allen with no fourth letter. He's just Z-A-C. And that's why people tune into the DNVR Rockies podcast.
1: That's the lone reason. Um, did you <laughs> peak, did you peek ahead? Because I watch the potential future Hall of Famer Zach Grenke throw today for the Royals. Will he have a turn against the Rockies? That's a great question. That's uh, I try I try only to for- ask great questions. We got
0: we got to look ahead for that to see how it uh, works out. Maybe. You know, maybe Mike Matheny will, will will switch up his rotation to keep this going, and so that could be because it's the final two days. Actually, in Arizona, is when they face the two Zachs. So I mean, this would line up really well. This would line up really well.
1: I, I forgot. Like, I forgot about Matheny being there. You know, that was weird because <laughs> they were playing the Royals or they're playing the Cardinals today, and uh, Matheny Matheny's gone. Mike Schilt is gone. Ali Marmel's now the uh, the manager and. You said you said Mike Matheny and I was getting discombobulated. I was like, wait a second. Mike, that's right. He's the Royals manager.
0: That's how I felt on the inside, because, you know, we don't uh, talk very much about the AL Central and I go, all right, I'm going to go out there. Who is the Royals manager? And Mike Matheny came to the forefront. I felt pretty good about that. So, I, yeah, I that, was that was a good
1: that was a good pull because I would have been scratching my head for a minute.
0: I was thinking I haven't got a chance to look, although I, I did do do a little bit of research on this, uh, whether it's an article or just something fun to mention on the podcast. Ollie, Mar- Ollie Marmal is only thirty five years old, so Charlie Charlie Blackman's older than the youngest manager in in all in all of baseball, and so it, it made me think about other older Rockies players and younger managers. I was I was surprised to learn that was it uh, twenty twelve that Jamie Moyer was with the Rockies. He's either yeah. 12 or 13.
1: 12. I don't remember what year it was, but I remember when Jamie Moyer was, uh, was, was pitching for the Rockies.
0: Yeah. There was only like six or seven managers that were younger than him, which I was a little surprised by. I thought the number would be higher than that, but
1: Jamie Moyer's two, two, I think they had like four kids or they had a pretty big family. Two of his four kids were older than I I am. So <laughs> that was a little side note.
0: This is good. This is, this is all, this is an open mic session is really what we've got. So going I'm
1: going to tell, tell you a funny story. Um, since we're bouncing around a little bit, do you remember, Patrick, a pitcher who threw for the Rockies and threw for a lot of teams and, and played a long time, not quite as long as Jamie Moyer, but uh, a guy, by, a left-hander by the name of Jeff Becerro. Do you remember of that? Of course, name? yeah. Okay. Uh, Seattle Mariners was really where he kind of caught on I think Yeah, he come up with the Expos, sure. Right, so he was with the Rockies, and he was... Uh, I want to say he had to be in his late 30s with the Rockies, I'm guessing now, and, and maybe a little prematurely gray. And so we had this guy who's a great guy. He was a he was he was our lead tape operator at the time, Jeff Schenker, former US Marine, wonderful guy. He still works in television. He's at up in Milwaukee now. And and everyone loves Jeff. And so he's a, super friendly. And so the first team flight of the year, he sees this you know, guy with kind of graying hair and Jeff, you know, strides up to him on the plane, extends his hand. He says, he he said, Hey, my name's Jeff coach. What's your name? And, and Jeff to was like, pissed. He goes, I'm not a coach. You know, he's like, instead of laughing or whatever, go, actually, you know, I'm still playing. My name's Jeff Becerra. He was kind of, you know, not happy that Jeff Shanker called him coach. So, in our little television family, from that point forward, anytime Facero came in the game, I'd hear in my ear coaches coming in. We never called him Facero. Well, on the air we did, but privately it was always coach. That's good. I think he was 41 years old there in 2004 with the Rockies. Okay. So he was over 40. Yeah, he was. Sure. <laughs> there you go. Well, then, he, then wear it, man. You're, you're older than half the coaching staff. It's okay. Nobody was in you.
0: Yeah, very very common for those left-handers. Jeff Fasero is one. I don't have the, the official document. I, I'm getting a, a bad reputation slash good reputation for being uh, someone who makes a lot of spreadsheets. I like making good spreadsheets with all kinds of information and creating my databases. So I haven't made this one yet, but the history of every single player that's been on Saturday Night Live. And Jeff Fasero had a couple lines on an episode of Saturday Night Live in the late 90s. He did, really? Yeah. Todd Zeal was in a scene. It was Chris Kattan was a little kid and he was dreaming about being a big leaguer and all these kids come out for all these players come out from a cloud of smoke from his closet. Like, Hey kid, you can do it. And of course they get a little rowdy. They bring a keg out into the kid's room. They're smoking cigars. The mom comes and checks in on them. And he's like, I don't, this smells in here. Like, I don't, I don't think I want to be a ball
1: player anymore. And it was pretty good. That's good stuff. Has anybody, has any former big leaguer ever hosted Saturday night live? Because Peyton Manning kills it. You know, he's the best. I saw J.J. Uh, Watt host Saturday Night Live. He was tremendous also. Was good. I mean, comedic timing, really good. Has there been a big leaguer that hosted? So I've got three.
0: Uh, honorable mention, not for a host, but Dexter Fowler, when, of course, in 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series. He was on Weekend Update, and they sang Co- Go Cubs Go. That'll be the honorable mention.
1: I didn't uh, know that. Okay.
0: Number Dexter, three. That would be great. Number three would be George Steinbrenner. At some point in the mid-80s, he hosted – I've only seen a couple clips of that, but he was in. Not a player, but he's number three as far as the baseball connections. Number two, kind of squeezing it in there, Michael Jordan, former Birmingham baron, right, baseball player. That's a reach.
1: That's a reach.
0: That's a reach. And then number one –
1: Throwing a flag on that one. Go ahead.
0: Actually, wait, there's another one I just remembered. But Derek Jeter would be the true baseball player. Derek Jeter did host Saturday Night Live. Uh, during one particular off, uh, off season and Deion Sanders also hosted Two two sport athlete Deion Sanders hosted in the early nineties when he had a, a rap album that he was uh, pushing. So there you go. His history of baseball on Saturday night live. Had, did, that was all
1: off the cuff, but that was very impressive.
0: It was, as I said, did not have the spreadsheet yet, but I, I love Saturday night live. I'm a big SNL historian. So
1: I, I record SNL every week and i'm a big weekend update fan and the history of weekend update For so sure. yeah yeah colin joe's michael shea it's great wow. stuff
0: i remember back when i was a kid dan Aykroyd and jane Curtin. that was kind of my wheelhouse now i'm not that old jane
1: school. you ignorant yeah, yeah
0: exactly <laughs> i wasn't gonna go there but you know what you know where you should go drew you should go down to the corner of colfax new york to the dnvr bar where members get a member sized beer it's fantastic Uh, you get discounts on on all of our our gear down at dnvrlocker.com you can also pick that up down at the bar but hey if you're somewhere outside of the denver metro area order online at dnvrlocker.com if you got an annual membership you get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com we've got all kinds of watch parties going down for the abs here throughout the playoffs we're already starting to talk about watch parties for the rockies Takeover with the party bus, the whole thing. You get price breaks on that as well when you're a member. Extra raffle tickets at our watch parties. It's fantastic. And guess what? If you're not a member, don't fret because it's only 50 cents for your first month at dnvrlocker.com. And if you need help calming down just a little bit, check out Ripple Dissolvables. It's something that allows you to turn anything into an edible because of their flavorless and dissolvable powders. The science actually supports. All of this ripple speed and absorption is actually studied right here in colorado at csu and it's found out yes in a peer-reviewed journal this is legit you can pick up ripple dissolvables and any of their leading gummies at any of lightshade's 11 denver metro area locations it's colorado's premier dispensary with everything for casual consumers to connoisseurs podcast listeners you can get 25 percent off right now on all non-sale items when you use code dnvr it's that simple again code dnvr when you shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or when you visit a Lightshade location near you our good friends drew's friend my friend dnvr's friend avoca tv is giving you a great deal right now you just all you got to do is go to avaca.tv slash dnvr and you can get abs nuggets Maybe not so much Nuggets right now. But you can get our buddy Drew Goodman here on at and Sportsnet, a part of the Avaca TV package, whether you're in Denver, Colorado Springs, Phoenix, up in Boise, uh, and in Idaho. They've got it as well. With the, When you go to avaca.tv slash dnvr, there are zero hidden fees or contracts. We're just talking $25 a month plus the cost of the receiver and your price gets locked in for two years. You don't have to worry again about flipping around and finding your nuggets or abs because you can get them in the comfort of your own home. And one more thing, when you use code DNVR on top of going to evacatv slash DNVR, when you use code DNVR, you get another $10 off your first three months. So now only $15 per month. To start at avaca.tv slash dnvr. Well, the Rockies are, again, we said 13-9, sixth best record in the NL, playing really well. I think we know the players who have been, I wouldn't say carrying the load, but players that you expect to do some big things, and they've been doing it. But I want to take a moment to talk about some of the players that maybe have been a little bit underrated, maybe a little bit underappreciated for their contributions to the team. And I think one of those guys, we saw him yesterday, move up into the second spot in the lineup. Jose Iglesias comes in here as a veteran presence and it's not going to hit a ton of home runs might run into 10 to 15. We'll see what happens. But I think his play has been really, really solid at the bottom of the lineup providing some stability one through nine.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. He has one of the lowest strikeout rates in baseball. He's historically been a really solid offensive player. He's hit 277 in his career, so you you know even though he's been around for a while and he's on the other side of 30, I don't think it's out of the realm of uh, you know possibility that he hits you know 285, 290 with half of his games coming at Coors Field. I thought it was uh, interesting and probably a prudent decision by Buddy given his lineup uh, makeup yesterday. To have him bat in that two spot, uh, typically he's going to be at the bottom and and he's going to add, as he has to your observation, a lot of value at the bottom of the lineup because he's going to throw out his hits. He's already got two four hit games and he, he's a, not going to strike out much. Um, and, and I think it's he's a large reason as to why seven, eight, nine for the Rockies this year has been really productive. And uh, so I think that's a good call, Patrick.
0: Yeah, batting 306, as you said, low strikeout numbers, low walk numbers, but again, he's putting the ball in play. He's making things happen. And with the crazy amounts of wind that the Rockies have encountered all throughout April, hey, you you want the ball in the air because you just never know what can happen, particularly to the Reds yesterday and that pop-up back to the mound. That was was wild, those three consecutive pop-ups from Diaz.
1: Yeah, I said on the air when that thing dropped, that kind of epitomizes where the Reds are and and what they've been all about the first four weeks of the season. I mean, it's been, it's been, you know, God awful. The one place they had been playing well had been defensively. They had only four errors, which was tied for the major league low coming into the series. And then they made four and, you know, the pop-up that that lands right in front of the mound, uh, they played defensively. Not quite as bad as the Rockies did in Philadelphia, but they didn't play well on defense, and we know they struggle offensively in a big way. And you know Joey Votto, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, just looks absolutely lost. I mean, I've never seen Joey Votto check. He must have checked had a check swing on about four or five pitches over the week over those three ball games on the yeah, weekend.
0: His last strikeout against Freeland was. Look, we, I, I'm a huge Josh Fuentes fan. Been been following him since he was down in Hartford, so I feel okay saying this. He had a Josh Fuentes-type swing where he just totally fooled and yeah. had had no clue what was happening there. And so, yeah, that that that's a little disappointing, but I, I think Joey Votto has had some slow starts in the past, so uh, I, I don't think they've got any better options. So keep running him out there. He might be able to figure it out at some point
1: yeah I mean, he's a great great player uh, at some time at some point, and I know he hit 36 home runs last year, but sometimes it drops off precipitously, and it, it'll be curious to watch. and he's an interesting guy off the field, and he's interesting in how he goes about his business on the field, and that he's changed his stance dramatically from what you know he's done you know throughout the entirety of his career but they're bad you listen they're a bad baseball team we talked about it 20 minutes ago when you play a team struggling take advantage of it take advantage of it and the Rockies to their credit did and and even yesterday Patrick where you you won the first couple of games they got after San Martin in the first inning he only got two outs you get six in the first you add on three in the second and it was good night ball game over early
0: a player that I I think you guys have been giving him a lot of love and rightfully so because again, visually speaking, he's made a lot of great plays defensively, but I think even still deserves even more love that he's received is Randall Gritchuk because he's been a player where, you know, he I think opening day, he might've been batting 6th let let's say, maybe even at one point was, you know, hitting seventh because of the depth of the Rockies lineup. And then here you get Chris Bryant going on the IL and he slides up in the third spot in the order. And he's, he's having really good at bats, goes the right way a lot. I've seen a lot of hits to right field off of his bat. And and usually it, it drives home a run. So uh, I just been really impressed. He just seems to have done everything right so far
1: through the month of April. I've been really impressed. And, and I think, we all felt like this was a really good trade by Billy Schmidt when it took place in March in that Rymel Tapia, and I, and I, and I like Rymel a lot, but it didn't, it didn't fit. The Rockies need to hit more home runs. Rymel Tapia, to me, I said this to some of the guys I was with today, Zach's teammates, because uh, one of them is from St. Louis is so that they'd fit in, per- you know, Rymel fit in perfectly um, on the turf in the eighties with, you know, slap and run, that kind of thing. Randall Gritchick, who's a former Cardinal, he fits in great with the Rockies. He's been great defensively, as we know. He's made three really good plays. And offensively, he's throwing out hits. He's hitting 333 out on the road. Coming into yesterday, he was hitting 333 at home. Hits his third home run of the year. The first two came out on the road. Uh, he, he's he been marvelous, man. and And the players really like him. He's fit right into that clubhouse. So, That to me, uh, you know, it it has been an outstanding trade, and you can hit him in a multitude of spots in the lineup. You can hit him in the, you know, the middle of the order. You can hit him in the two hole, uh, on, you know, certain days you can hit him third with Chris Bryant out of there. And if you're really stacked in the lineup, you get him, you know, at seventh, and you go, wow, that's that's pretty good bat batting, you know, in the lower third of the lineup. Yeah, we, we talked all off season
0: about the defensive flexibility of this team. I think there's offensive flexibility because Charlie can bat all around the lineup too. If you need that, Grichuk, Galias has that veteran type bat. You know, Connor Joe can drive in runs if he's not leading off. I mean, you had to have that flexibility. I think is is super value, valuable. Did you see Raimel Tapia was batting cleanup for the Blue Jays the other day? I thought no, I didn't players. see that. Was <laughs> I that, that was yeah. was Yeah, one game he was batting cleanup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> really, I don't get that.
0: I yeah, I maybe Vlad was leading off and Bo Bichette was hitting ninth as a double leadoff type situation. I, I don't know what was happening there, but nevertheless, yeah, Ramal Tapia batting cleanup. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I didn't expect to get a comment, and I don't, I don't know what comment would there even be at this point. So we'll move on to say Ilias Diaz has been incredibly underrated too from the aspect of. That the backup Dom Nunez has been struggling a little bit, so you're leaning a little bit heavier on Diaz to catch maybe four out of every five days. He's rose to that challenge. Again, Chris Bryant out of the lineup, Brendan Rogers struggling and out of the lineup, and Diaz is in there in the middle of the order. You know, protecting everybody above him, adding some length, and so again, it's adding all those little things that you know contribute to. A lot of additional value. And, and it was only the other day that someone finally stole a base off of him. So he's been, he's just been fantastic all around and, and deserves a little more love as well.
1: I said this on the air yesterday that, and I don't want this to sound like grand embellishment because he's, he's coming off four really good months last year. First two months, Dom Nunez played more than he did. And now he's the clear cut number one. And I don't think it has anything to do with Dom Nunez struggling a bit out of the gate. He's the number one catcher and he's durable and he wants to play all the time. Pitchers like throwing to him and and there's plenty of bat. But I said on the air, Patrick, that he has a chance to be one of the most impactful catchers, if not the most, if it plays out nicely over the next few years, the Rockies have ever had. And that, it was not faint praise and it's not an indictment of the guys before, but they've never had a bona fide big time catcher. You know, the history of the Rockies as well as anyone, Patrick, and you can point to first base from Galarraga through Helton, great players. CJ Crohn's doing a marvelous job right now. Second base, you know, DJ you know, sets the bar pretty high uh, shortstop to Lewicki story. There's been some great ones. Third base is obvious. You know, Vinny, Nolan, even some guys who played there for a minute. You know, Jeff Cirillo had, you know, had had some, you know, a couple of good years with the Rockies. Outfield, I won't go through every position. But the one spot that they've never had a, an all-star has been behind the plate. Had some names, Joe Girardi, Chris Iannetta on a couple of occasions. Chris, good, solid, you know, career. Yorvi territorialba who always came on when the chips were down in the postseason of 07, 09. What a great teammate. Big clutch hits, but they've never had that stud, right? Diaz has a chance to, yeah, yeah, let's see how it plays out. But but I he he's intriguing, man. I mean, because he hit the ball over the wall. I think he's a I think he's a pretty good hitter on top of it. So he's gonna hit for some average. And, you know, defensively, he's, he's continued to get better, and he has a cannon. So let, let me throw one more thing out, Jay, if I could. You were mentioning a lineup versatility, right, Patrick? You are talking about, you know, guys hitting a different place. Well, think about this. If things are ideal, where, where guys are, are all in a pretty good place offensively, you're going to start with Connor Joe. You're going to go in the two-hole to Charlie, and those are two tough at-bats every – no matter – what the game complexion is. Those are two guys who are really going to give you good at bat. Same thing for Chris Bryant when he gets off the shelf. And then C.J. Crone. I mean, I think you're locked in with those four. I think in a perfect world, a guy who I, we'll probably get to in a little bit, Brendan Rodgers is hitting fifth. And then depending on if you're seeing a righty or a lefty, you could go Gritchick-McMahon or McMahon-Gritchick. And my point of this little exercise is, Elias Diaz, with all that pop, he could be hitting eighth for you, and then a ninth. Yeah, that's that's deep. pretty. That's pretty good lineup.
0: Pretty deep, yeah. Yeah for sure and we we've seen him hit cleanup like there's not very many catchers in Rockies history who've even just been placed in the cleanup spot you know at William rosario i think has had something like 50 different games where he he batted cleanup but but after that diaz is is climbing up the ranks for that so he's i, I think you're right yeah we'll have to, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of seasons he's 31 years old and you go well he's on the older side no, not for a catcher. For a catcher, that's that's kind of the norm where you're kind of still in those peak years where it takes a while to develop. I mean, you got a guy down down in Triple A right now, and Brian Servant, who hit, you know, uh, two home runs the other day, five homers in in four consecutive games, uh, a total of five in in four games, and he's 27 years old. And you go, all right, now is probably about his time when he can break through. We know there are those freaks of nature that that you know make their debut a lot younger as catchers, but Uh, He's just hitting his stride, Diaz.
1: Rockies have some catchers coming. Drew Romo gets, as he should, a great deal of attention. He's the catcher of the future. On paper, he has a chance to be elite. We know he's really good defensively, and he's been great as a professional offensively, even though there were questions when he was coming out of the Woodlands in high school, you know, what kind of bat he'd have. So far in pro ball, he's had quite the impactful bat. Willie McIver at Hartford, good player, good athlete. He's out of the gate, really strong. And as you just mentioned, uh, with, with the former Arizona State catcher, uh, Brian Servant, they got some guys lined up now. They got some guys lined up who can catch. I think it's deeper than, than at least than I can ever recall uh, with prospects, with with guys that legitimately – our big league catchers. I talked to Mark stripmatter who's been with the organization forever, former catcher who got to the big leagues and he, he's a roving instructor. Now he used to handle all the catchers uh, in the system. He still plays pays naturally very close attention to that. Those guys are all big leaguers that we just mentioned. They're all big leaguers and potentially starting big leaguers behind the plate.
0: Well, next time you talk to Mark, ask him about the kids down in Fresno because Hunter Goodman no yeah, that's another one. And is, Brad Fulford, my, my... he's he's thrown out seven of eleven base runners already this season. So they've got two catchers down in Fresno that are off, are intriguing as well from last year. Yeah, year's lift.
1: my cousin Hunter also has big time pop. You should you should have seen how many home runs he hit at Memphis. Love it. Why are, you, why are you laughing? I can't claim him as my cousin.
0: Uh no, that's that's it. I just the resemblance is is striking. So I I knew that was true. I just didn't know you dropped that on there.
1: Well, he, he's bigger than me. It's okay. You you haven't seen my boys. My boys are all like dwarf me, so he just fits right in.
0: I love that. the uh, The two guys in the in the bullpen that have fit in really well and deserve to get more love. And again, don't always get a chance to to go back and and watch the the at and Sportsnet broadcast. Obviously, uh, in the booth, we've got our own things going on and what have you. But Justin Lawrence. Tyler Kinley, I mean, those two guys have been so solid. The numbers obviously back it up. We're seeing Kinley come in some big spots. Uh, did a nice job, I think, on, on Saturday there uh, during a Chad Kuhl's start there to close out the eighth inning. And those two guys deserve a lot of love for what they've been able to do so far through the month of April.
1: Kinley's been great. And if you recall late last year, final you know, six, eight weeks of the season, Kinley was pretty pretty good down the stretch. Uh reduced his walks I think he's cleaned up the delivery it's not it's not quite as violent hardworking guy and and his his results have been really good he has such a unique slider Patrick in that most guys' sliders are gonna are going be horizontal with a little bit of vertical movement uh, his slider is, is is one that comes in at you know 91 92 and drops. Uh, it's more of a vertical slider. It's a little unusual, but yeah, he's thrown a lot of strikes. He's been terrific, and Justin Lawrence kind of has remade himself. He got on everyone's radar. Who's a Rockies fan? When when I think of the first pitch of his career was 102 plus miles an hour. He's not throwing as hard, but he's throwing far more strikes, and he has an Adam of ish slider. His is an east-west slider, but big movement. I always say this. I'm a broken record in a lot of areas. But for a club to surprise, you have to have some good stories, some unexpected stories. And right now, I know we're only, you know, a month into the season, maybe not even fully a month because we started on April 10th or whatever it was. But Patrick – Justin Lawrence is a good story so far. I didn't have Justin Lawrence as somebody protecting leads uh, back in March. I- I'm guessing you didn't either. I'm guessing Bud Black didn't because he
0: wasn't on the opening day roster, right? He was now now you're right,
1: of- it, he's only there because of COVID with, with Lucas Gilbreth and, and Bob Stevenson having COVID. That's the only reason he made the team. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, talk about taking advantage of your opportunities and here now with,
0: the 28-man roster shrinking down to 26, and you say, "Ah, oh, probably the the two guys maybe that came over and when when Stevenson and, and Gilbert were on the COVID IL, those are gonna be the two guys who go." No, Lawrence is still gonna be here. He's gonna stay here, and, and he's he's just been really good. And so it's it's wonderful to see that uh, for for so many reasons, and it's wonderful to be able to smile about your Rockies right now. But you want a bright smile. You want a pearly white smile, and that's why to check out our friends over at green mountain dental Group since they've taken such great care of all of our dnvr members over the years especially those who've made that permanent switch And the best part is right now when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them you'll actually receive a free sonicare toothbrush from green mountain dental group located only 15 minutes from downtown denver boom get that appointment head over to the stadium for a game, we got three days against the Washington Nationals. I was curious of, of what your uh, your take was, Goody, on just the weekend in general. Weather was pretty good. It was windy, but you had Ellie Harris Montero making his debut, playing well. You had B. Rod breaking from his slump on Sunday. You have Kyle Freeland pitching really well, and then Chad Cool, who's also been in that that underrated area too where you say oh, he's the fifth guy maybe they're just bringing in a body to eat up innings and replace john gray you know we'll see what happens he'll kind of uh you know take take that spot in the rotation until rollison and lambert already and he's going out and he's probably been the best pitcher so far this year for the rockies did you have a favorite moment from the weekend or or the thing that stood out because because there was a
1: lot i felt that was so positive yeah a lot, a lot of positive things over the weekend have I told you that you have to have unexpected good stories, Patrick? Have I ever run that line by you? A couple of minutes ago, I think, perhaps. Oh, yeah. did I do that? Okay. You know, memory goes Chad Cool, right? Yeah. Chad Cool, you get from Pittsburgh. He's, I know he started opening day last year for the Pirates, but he also, in 28 appearances last year, half were out of the bullpen. So they were trying to figure out, you know, what to do. He's a guy that used to throw really, really hard. And you're thinking, all right, you're getting a, a fifth starter with the Pirates. You know, what? You know, what What kind of guy is this going to be? Well, so far, he's been the Rockies' best pitcher. And he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. If you look at the statistics, only given up a handful of hits. Uh, so Chad cool has been a, an unexpected. I'm not trying to, uh, I, I, I don't want to throw him under the bus like I didn't expect him to do well. I was hoping he did well. But he's, you know, he's exceeded probably the expectations of most. And uh, good for him. Good for him. The thing I take away uh, that comes to the forefront of my mind first uh, about the weekend is the return of Brendan Rodgers yesterday. You could turn the page on the calendar to May. Lengthy first at bat in that first inning. And then he hits a, a line shot to right to drive in a run. And then in the next at bat against now a guy who throws much harder in Buck Farmer on the right side. With the bases loaded, he crushes a ball to deep right center field and clears the bases. I mean, if there was a guy, not just with the Rockies, but maybe in baseball, that needed to have a day like that, it was Brendan Rodgers. He had only four hits coming in. And so that, to me, stands out going forward, because the Rockies need Brendan Rodgers to be a really impactful bat. It's like a moment ago when I said in a perfect world he's hitting – you know, he's hitting fifth for you. He has that kind of talent. We saw it on display in the second half of the last year. So for me, my biggest takeaway, if I had to take, you know, one out of the weekend, it was Brendan Rodgers. And I know it was only a couple of at-bats, but, but seeing him have success so he can move beyond how rough a start he had. Yeah,
0: that was that was so wonderful to see that first hit since April 10th, first RBI, or excuse me, first hit since April 18th, first RBI since April 10th. And this is the second time he's gone through something like this. And he talked about this post game that, man, it was those first 115 or 150, you know, at bats, you know, 2019 comes up in Philadelphia, gets hurt, his season's kind of is a wash. 2020 happens, can't get on the field. 2021, he's on the IL before he's able to start playing in May and then Finally catches fire and 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 settles into a starting role at second base in June, and so this is this is the second time he's he's overcoming. So hopefully this this kind of puts it into his head like no I I I belong here and I'm gonna have slumps and that's fine, but I will bust out of them. And two innings, two hits, four RBI, he he broke from that slump, and you could see it in the field too because I think he was carrying that with him a little bit in those first two games in Philadelphia. We saw the defense take a take a step down. Uh, than it had been in the past because he had been playing really solid defense despite the fact he wasn't doing it at the plate. And then on Sunday, he's doing it in the field again, almost made a really nice diving grab. So uh, in in a matter of one day, he he seems to be back.
1: So you like that. I mean, that's baseball. It's a painful game. And I know some people were saying, well, do you send him out? I, I just felt like the only way you get through it is at the big league level. He's established himself as a good big league hitter. Um, his pedigree suggests he's going to be a really good big league hitter. And uh, so I, I didn't really see that as, you know, an answer, because even if you go down and t- tear up AAA, you know you have to come back and, and still do it at the big league level. Um, so I'm glad it happened, clearly. And remember, the year ago, those numbers he accumulated, a lot of those numbers were out on the road. I mean, he had 12 of his 15 home runs away from home. This guy can hit. And this guy, I, I think when all is said and done, is going to be a 25-plus home run guy playing second base. And and that's a pretty nice thing to have.
0: Wonderful pop. Yeah, wonderful pop out of that bat. And he saw some amazing hitting from Montero, especially in that, that final base hit he had. I think that might have been in the eighth inning. He kept the hands inside. Uh, put one into center field for his, his second hit of the day. First time. Player had made his major league debut and got two hits in a ball game since. Trevor, Trevor.
1: Story, love that. Trevor Story. The Trevor's two hits though were you know little <laughs> dogs around the bases, man.
0: A couple extra bases than uh, than Montero's single, but love the ovation too from the crowd during the mound visit, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was just a real special uh, occasion. And I, and I think he knew what the assignment was there that he was really coming in for the weekend with the rosters you know being shrunk down a little bit. Have his cup of coffee and, and that's that's precisely what you want to see. Gets the first hit kind of out of the way, feeling good. He's going down to Albuquerque, maybe with a couple things to work on and, and getting ready for his next opportunity, you know, when it comes. And and the Rockies feel that much more confident that hey, you know, they might have a guy here that they can rely upon. You know, if if one of their corner guys goes down infield, outfield, they could put him in there at DH. And so one game, but but a lot of success for Montero. So you'd love to see that.
1: Good last year in double A AA and triple A. Uh, healthy again. Cleaned up the body in the in the off season. Really worked hard. Really good spring training. He's intriguing. He's got he's got big time pop, and uh, you know it's a, it's another guy in that system, and that's why the the system which was seemed to be universally uh, panned for the last couple of years. The system's getting better. Uh, I know the the more the top prospects are still on the lower levels of the, of the minor leagues. But this is not a barren farm system as, as it may have appeared to some on the outside a couple of years ago. There's, there's some guys coming.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and trade chips too. Again, keep that in mind if and when the time comes for that. Speaking of time, I think we were talking about this briefly before we started recording. Baseball games in general have been shrinking in the, uh, the length of time, particularly at the minor league level with their pitch clock. But Rockies games have been really quick. They, they've now had so far this year seven different games at less than three hours. Had a 13, the, the, the 10 to 1 game there on, on Sunday was under three hours and yet 11 runs scored. That's quick. That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, the game I went to today, I think, was uh, like two, two and a half hours, 2.40 maybe at, at most. And I know in the cold weather in particular, but anytime the more you get the baseball and get on the rubber and throw it, uh, I think Freeland did a good job of that. Chad Cool did a really good job of that. Uh, you know, get on, the, get on the rubber and throw it. Senza did it on Friday night. You're going to see cleaner baseball. You really are. Um, so yeah, that's it, it's fun. I mean, when you see crisp baseball played in two forty five, two fifty, that's good stuff.
0: Outside you, of what's that? No, go ahead. What were you gonna say?
1: No, I I think it's unusual that you'd watch a game in that time frame and not say, "Hey, that was a well played game," because the game has to be well played for it to only take you know somewhere in that time frame.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, you, you got errors and you've got all kinds of, you know, miscues, whatever it is. People are dragging their feet, you know, taking their time, catching their breath, sighing, you know, all that. No, and the game's moving quickly. You know, guys are guys are ready to go. They're locked and loaded. I was going to say that outside of the first game in Texas that went 10 innings, it was also their home opener, too. So you've got all kinds of ceremonies that's going to stretch out, you know, not only the just the length of game, but the pace of play, I think, too. Outside of that one, which was four hours and one minutes, the Rockies have their next longest game, three hours and twenty-six minutes. So, so outside of the home opener, you say you just toss sure. that out. You toss out the extremes. Three twenty-six has been the longest game so far this year. That's wild.
1: Yeah, that that you know, having played twenty plus games, that's surprising. That's yeah, surprising.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. What what has been your take on the pitch clock so far in the minor leagues? You know, some minor leaguers. Doing a good job and communicating about it, and you know they don't seem to hate it. They've got their problems with it, and rightfully so. Anytime you inject something new and a new rule, you know there's going to be those hiccups and there's going to be those growing pains. But uh, I think we've talked about it here before. It, it's it's been positive, and for those minor league games to go by quickly, and for those young guys to get used to it and acclimated to getting on the rubber, staying in the box. Uh, I think going forward, it's going to continue to keep time of games down and, and it's going to improve the quality of the game so uh,
1: yeah I that's an interesting one you know right now I'm okay with seeing it you know if it would work at the major league level I think that I, I would like to see a warning before you know there's a you know a you know, a three-two pitch becomes ball four, and you you know you just walked in a run or something like that. That's a little crazy. And the other the other aspect that was tied to the pitch clock um, or, or idea that has always been discussed in the same breath was you can't throw over more than two times, uh, you can't pick more than two times. I, I don't like that at all. I, so now I'm a base runner. They pick twice, and I'm like, well, can't pick now. So that, that, uh, I, I, I have a problem with that one.
0: Yeah. I, I, I understand that argument. I, I think I'm okay with it, but I also know that if enough other things change, if enough other things move around a rule like that may not need to be put in place. Right. Cause again, the throwover it, it just slows everything down. Well, if everything else is really fast, you can have three or four throwovers Cause it's not gonna happen all the time. It's only still it's so, it's so, so to be rare. Light.
1: Yeah, right. it's still so rare, but now you're affecting the strategy of the game. Now you're giving an enormous advantage to that base. Well, they just throw over twice, I'm going to take a 20-foot lead. And the worst somebody could do is step off the back.
0: Yeah. And now you've got bases that are, uh, from, from what I've heard, the size of above-ground pool covers. So those, those larger bags allow there to be a little bit less distance between the bases, so that's going to help speed some things up. Baseball's headed in the right direction with some of the tinkering, the one tinkering, I think that again, they're headed in the right direction, but they haven't figured it out is the baseball pitchers still struggling to have that grip. New York Mets have been on the wrong end of that a lot with a couple high and tight ones, particularly to the polar bear. And it's uh, it's, it's been rough. It's been rough as they, they figure out the grip. And I know they've got a new rosin bag. That's been uniform all throughout baseball. Uh, I think that's been helpful. Kyle Gibson's been one of those guys who said that it's worked out well for him. So again, it's an adjustment period. You know, April's the coldest month of the season. So uh, I think that over time it'll be, uh, it'll be okay. And and I think over time the Mets won't have as many uh, black and blue marks all over their players.
1: No, I watched last night and Frankie Lindor got hit pretty late. And then in the last innings, the Mets were, were now up, uh, by a comfortable amount, it looked like they tried to, uh, you know, extract a little bit of uh, revenge, if you will, on Philadelphia. Uh, You know, certainly it's been an early season storyline. I don't know how many of those had intent, but nobody wants to see their guys, you know, get plunked a lot. And you have to, you know, if you're a pitcher, uh, whether there was intent or not, there's a feeling like you have to, uh, you, you know, you have to pick up, your teammate. I think the Mets were
0: hit the most by pitches last year too so again could be something about their approach uh, standing on the the inside portion of the plate. Was Lindor still mic'd up when he got hit <laughs> or
1: maybe they, they turned his mic off? Well I, I they didn't play anything that I heard after that um, and you could see when he went to first base it looked like the pitcher said something to him like you, you know i I think apologizing basically. And you could see Lindor saying it, no problem, I'm fine. And and, uh, I think somebody else asked with Philadelphia, and and I think he reiterated that, I'm guessing, but just based on body language and and how he was nodding.
0: Ken Rosenthal wrote something
1: interesting uh, the
0: other day that someone proposed, I forget which side, it might have been the players, I'm not sure, it sounds like more would be an MLB thing, that, they would have some kind of point system for players or pitchers who hit batters um basically where uh, i think in the kbo if you hit somebody above the shoulders with a fastball it's just an immediate objection immediate ejection which whether it was intentional or not you, you've got to be able to you know command yourself so uh it was some kind of point system where like all right if you throw a slider and it hits a guy on the back foot that's like one point point. and then over time if you accumulate too many points then, you know, maybe you get suspended for a game. It's like in soccer, right? You got the two yellow cards equal one red card, and then you gotta sit out a game. And again, this obviously did not get passed, but I thought that was an interesting concept to to break out. I don't know if that will ever get there unless we have, you know, a little bit of headhunting going on, which it's been quite some time since. You know, Roger Clemens has retired. Uh, we don't see headhunters anymore. But I thought that was an interesting wrinkle of behind the scenes of what kind of new rules and, and strategies and thought processes that are out there uh, between MLB and the Players Association.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that one goes. We'll see where that one goes. I, You know, you, you're going to appeal a point system, uh, you would think left and right you know that, that shouldn't have been a two-point violation it's kind of like the Draymond green thing from last night you know should he have gotten thrown out should it have been a, a flagrant two or a flagrant one you're, you're now having that uh be part of uh, not only the game of baseball but you know you have have to have the umpires adjudicate it uh you may be opening up a pandora's box you don't want open
0: could be yeah we talked about nolan arenado he, he got a pitch uh he didn't like, uh, got a little bit spicy there again, Cardinals and Mets kind of, uh, saw something like that coming there on that getaway day, but he ends up uh, being named the national league player of the month for April. I think that's his third player of the month award. And the first, I think for the Cardinals since like 1977, I can't remember the guy's name. I'd never heard of him. Ken Tibbs or something. Ken Reitz. There you go. Ken Reitz. That
1: was the name. Yeah, I remember Kenny Reeds, Um and I, I was at the game today and they they honored Nolan for a moment while he was in between innings, like the seventh inning, taking ground balls. And I, I couldn't believe that it was the, it had to be the first third baseman for the Cardinals. Right. They've had they've had a player of the month. But, I mean, when Albert was there, he had to be player of the month every month, just about. So I think it was the first third baseman for the Cardinals to win that award. Yeah, Jose
0: Ramirez wins it in the American League for the Cleveland
1: well, Guardians. Well, help me out because I haven't looked yet. I voted – it's the first time ever. I have a vote every month, and it's first time I've ever voted for the same guy for Pitcher of the Month and Reliever of the Month. I voted for Josh Hader for both. What happened there?
0: I – can't quite recall it may have been hater I know it was uh, he, had
1: to, he had to at least been the reliever of the month
0: he was he was at least the reliever of the month yeah no it was a uh, uh, Pablo Lopez I think of the Marlins who had who had a fantastic month for for Miami Pablo Lopez uh, Stephen Kwan was the the rookie for the American League uh, Jordan. I'm drawing a blank on Jordan's name. He's has 10 saves for the Blue Jays in April. He was the reliever of the
1: month. Yeah, I was I was focused on – I don't vote in the American League, but in the National League. And, Suzuki, you know, Sayo Suzuki, I assume, was the rookie of the month in the National League, right? Correct, yeah.
0: Yeah, he was a, He was a beast. He he had a yeah. good one. He He's as advertised. It'll be exciting to see what he's going to be like in September because, obviously, they, they handled that. Uh, Cubs came to Coors Field. That's over and done with. Rockies go to Chicago there in uh, second or third week in September. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much additional growth you know, he's made uh, at that point.
1: Yeah, that, that'll be a, that could be a crazy week in September. The Rockies stay in Chicago for one full week, and they have two off days because they play the Cubs, and then they play a two-game set against the White Sox.
0: And then at the end of the month, six straight days in Los Angeles, that's.
1: And you really cool. hope, you really hope those are super important games for the Rockies.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That, that'll that be exciting. That, that road trip for sure. Uh, it's been good, man. It's been, it's been an exciting first month of the season and just so grateful that, that we had, it, it, was, it feels like it was just yesterday that we didn't know what was going to happen. And now,
1: now we're talking, we're, As we, you know, we're not talking about CBA and we're not talking about this proposal and that proposal and angry players and angry owners. We're, we're talking about the game of baseball as it should be. I'll, one more footnote, uh, Patrick, on impressions of last weekend. I think it was so important. Yeah, you take care of business against a really struggling team in Cincinnati, as, as we spent some time on earlier. But coming off the, the four game losing streak in Philadelphia, to nip that in the bud and to get back four games over 500 with an off day and now Washington coming to town and you're nine and four at Coors Field, kind of establishing yourselves as really tough to beat again at home. All of those things from a more a macro standpoint, uh, I, I think really important.
0: Yeah, yeah, not not just the first game. You can win, take the first game on Friday night. Okay, great. Maybe you can even win the series. Good. Taking all three really seems to slam the door of. They've put that behind them. That was another month. That was another place, another location. They don't have to see the Phillies again. So, uh, really, really positive for them overall. Did you see Robinson Cano designated for assignment?
1: I did see that. I did see that,
0: and he's out, he's out there with Justin Upton and maybe Willie Calhoun as a trade candidate. There's options already. Look at that
1: yeah uh there's 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 some big names sitting out there right there those two and i saw calhoun's not thrilled with getting sent out by the rangers yeah, I think Kevin Pilar has is an opt out. A lot of those guys have those
0: AAA type deals where they're not put on the forty man by May first. So we'll see what happens with that. But but one thing you got to make sure you you see or listen to what's going on is the Drew Goodman podcast. I, I love last week's edition. We we talked before that had come out, but love the conversation with CJ Chrome. The word that keeps coming back when he talks and when anyone talks about him from the organization, you would say to yourself, I believe is comfortable. He just seems so much more comfortable and it's led to so much more confidence. And he's just been just monumental in the middle of the Rockies lineup was in the running. I think for maybe even gotten some, some third place votes, if you will, for national league player of the month, he was really that good all throughout April. And so that was a fantastic interview you had with him last
1: week. Yeah, appreciate it. And and going back to August of last year, he was a National League player of the month and, and he was, he had a solid september and he's off to a fabulous start this year uh cj crone's kind of in that clubhouse quiet life of the party guy and keeps things loose and he talks on the podcast about where he kind of got that from in his evolution as a big leaguer so uh yeah it was, it was fun it was fun talking to cj Gritchick
0: said. He called him a clown, you know, in a, in a great way. And you go, wow, sure. really that that guy? And again, that's that's the out. that's the chemistry part of what you get with uh, with a guy like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 hesitant to ask because it's still early in the week. We're recording this on a Monday. Usually it's later. Do we know the guest on Thursday, or are you gonna have a nice little surprise for
1: us? it uh, okay. we've got it's gotta be a little bit of a surprise. I'm Ooh, thinking about okay. a couple of different directions, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, keeping me on the edge of my seat. You're number one fan. Well, uh, I, you're <laughs> on the edge of your seat because I'm on the edge of my seat, which means, you know, we're still working on that. Could be. Could be. Well, it's a good one if you haven't checked it out
0: yet. CJ Crone interview uh, with a little assist from Ryan Spielborgs, who was. Oh, that's right.
1: Spilly. Spilly. Spilly makes uh, several appearances on, on this past week's edition.
0: He does. He, yeah. You gotta, you gotta look in the credits, and then he's not listed in there. You go on his. We'll,
1: we'll never list. We'll never list him, and <laughs> yeah. we'll never give We'll never list him in the credits, and we'll never give him any credit.
0: The fanatic didn't cause too much chaos in the booth when you guys were in Philly, did he? He was kind of pretty modest. It he, like dump,
1: he dumped so much popcorn on us, and, and he did that years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it was also Ryan was up there that night. Uh, yeah, we had like uh, eight inches of popcorn snowfall in the (laughs) booth
0: yeah i thought that was pretty mild mannered to a degree for what the fanatic meal maybe usually does so he's kind of building it up saving it for that one big moment and did did jenny steal his keys
1: yes Jenny, jenny stole his keys and then freeland hid the keys in a bag of seeds and threw it at the fanatic and the fanatic kept throwing the bag of seeds back at Freeland because he didn't realize the keys were in it. And Freeland kept throwing them back at him. And the fanatics throwing the keys back at Freeland until he finally realized Freeland yelled, no, the keys are in the bag of seeds. Wow. That's
0: between that and Mike Jasperson's 25 cheesesteaks. You know, there were, there were more victories in Philly than the standings will show.
1: That's that's true. Jasperson coming through that eating display that hurts you that
0: that hurts you to hear that like again look on your face how many miles i went to white castle once down when we were in scottsdale one of the first days of spring training and i had to run it off that night you know and the next morning and it's still i don't think i I burned off all those calories
1: so jasperson had 25 cheesecake and they're all they're like foot long they're it's not i mean they're not like this they're foot long he had 25 broke the record over four days, you know how many I had? I'm one,
0: none. You know what? I'm proud of you. Everyone else is probably booing right now, going, none. A- Come <laughs> on, have a little fun. I'm proud of. You. I'm the one guy again. That's like good for you, dude. Like you got your plan, yeah. you got your calories set.
1: You, Listen, you I've I taken some. You know, I have weaknesses. My, you know, chips and sauce a big weakness. So it's not like um you know super super clean all the time but um you know I didn't I didn't have one cheesecake Philly cheesesteak
0: yeah and and you still did some Philly thing like you 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 still had a good Philly experience overall you just didn't do the cheesesteak that's I always, have, I always have
1: a good Philly experience I just don't partake in the cheesesteak portion of the Philly experience yeah but oh, Jasperton yeah. that was crazy man and he never got sick and he had a plotted and planned, because Mike's in phenomenal shape, you know, he's an assistant strength coach, he gained nine pounds and he was, wow. he was working out every, in, in addition to eating, I mean, he had the water intake, the workouts, he had this thing plotted and planned to give him the maximum opportunity to take in that amount of food. Wow.
0: That I can't wait to see how he tops that in, uh, in pounds of Rocky mountain oysters this week, stay tuned, make sure you're following Drew Goodman at Drew Goodman 42 on Twitter. He's going to have all the updates on how many pounds Jaspy can uh, can eat. Maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah. I was surprised. I told him to go do a, um, uh uh, 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 what do you call it? Cleanse. And he, he was, you know, he obviously was eating healthy, but he wasn't doing a full on cleanse. I think I would do like a week cleanse a week fast.
0: Well he did do he he did a cheesesteak cleanse, but then after the cheesesteak cleanse you need a more proper proper cleansing for sure. Yeah. Nine pounds. Yes, wow. you do. Yeah That's amazing. At Drew Goodman42 again on Twitter. We are at DNVR underscore Rockies on at Patrick D. Lyons. and also make sure you're following and keeping in touch with at the Susie Hunter. We drop each and every day, as you know it. Make sure that you give us a nice little mention or review wherever you consume your podcasts. Make sure you're doing the same for the Drew Goodman podcast. It's been great, been fun, but you know what they say, momentum is only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we will talk to you then.